We're continuing the book of Jacob, continuing to realize that Jacob is about the most down-to-earth writer in the entire Brit Hadashah. Jacob deals with issues that every one of us deals with. And um, in summary, the passage we're going to be reading this morning is a warning to us against having the attitude of those who presume to know what the future holds. Those who presume to know what the future holds. You can find what I'm about to tell you in, uh, on Google. It was reported in the Associated Press. It was reported in the New York Times. It was also reported in the Chicago Tribune and the BBC publications. It's a story of a gentleman named André François Raffray. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. And some 30 or 40 years ago, at the age of 47, he worked out a real estate deal with a lady named Jean Calment, who at the time was 90 years old. This is the deal. He would pay her $500 each month until her death in order to secure ownership of her apartment in Aries, France. By the way, this is a common practice in France because it benefits both the buyer and the senior, because now the senior has something fixed to come in every month until he or she passes away. Unfortunately for Raffray, Jean Calment became the world's oldest living person. <laughs> she lived to be 120 years old. She outlived Raffray, who died in December of 1995 at the age of 77. He paid, you ready, $184,000 for an apartment he never lived in. And according to the contract, oh, it gets worse, Rafay's survivors had to continue the payment until Mrs. Calment died. She, by the way, died in August of 1997 at 122 years of age. Raffae thought he was looking into the future and making a shrewd investment. But the fact is that he could not imagine what the future had in store for him. And on the same token, neither can you or I imagine what the future has in store for us. Now granted, there are those things that are certain. There are things that never change. One is God. Another is the certainty of death. Another is the certainty of the judgment and taxes. (laughs) But from day to day, we have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. Thankfully, Yeshua sets us free from worrying about what the future holds. Matthew 6, verse 34 says it like this. Do not worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You see, he assures us that he will be with us always, even to the end of the age, to help us through each day by his amazing grace and provision. Interestingly, the scripture that we'll be looking at today tells us that this problem existed in the early church, and it still exists today. And Jacob chapter 4 warns us against having the attitude of those who presume to know what the future holds. So if you will, turn with me in the book of Jacob, chapter 4. 
We'll be reading verses 13 to 17, and as is our custom, will you please stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Amen. Be seated. An attitude of presumption, or an attitude of boasting, is illustrated very clearly here by the writer Jacob. Not that this example alone is necessarily the action that he's condemning. I think what he's condemning is any kind of boasting or presumption. It's the spirit of this kind of thinking, it's the spirit of this kind of attitude in the believer that Jacob addresses. Now, historically... It was very common in the Middle East and in the culture of the Middle East and among the Jewish people for a man to attempt to make his fortune by being a merchant. Lots of merchants back then. And this is what they would do. They would save up as much money as they could. Then they would purchase some goods in the place where they lived that they felt that they could sell for a profit somewhere far off. Then they would take a large, long journey to this far off place and spend a year selling those goods and making a huge profit. Then upon the return, they'd purchase some fine goods that he could settle in their own city or just live on the profits that they had made. You see, once returning, having sold all his goods, this merchant would be richer and able to retire and buy and sell again. At least that was the thinking. Unfortunately, This was the more common occurrence, the one that could not, if you will, be foreseen. It was this, that the merchant purchased a bunch of goods, of the goods from his own city or his own town, and ended up stuck with them, spending the rest of his life trying to sell them in a little shop in his hometown. We do not know what the future holds. An attitude of presumption and boasting according to Jacob, is one evil in its boasting and sin in its doing. Evil in its boasting and sin in its doing. Dear ones, I believe three things are very true. One, we cannot afford to live with an attitude of presumption about tomorrow. Two, we cannot afford to make large plans expecting for them to be fulfilled. And three, We can't be like the farmer of Luke 12, who says to himself in verses 19 and 20, You have many good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool! This very night your soul will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? We don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know... What the future holds. 
Yet each of us is facing the future. So how are we to deal with it? I once worked with someone who when I would say to him, see you tomorrow, this is what he would always answer. Lord willing, see you tomorrow. Now I was working with him before I came to faith. And to be very honest with you, my thought of this guy was, who are you kidding? I was the one who was being kidded. Lord willing, I'll see you tomorrow. We have an example of that in the sports world just this past week. We do not know what the future will hold. We do not know what tomorrow brings. You know what this friend of mine was, co-worker rather mine, was simply saying? He was confessing with his mouth a way of life. He was confessing with his words an attitude of the heart, an attitude by which we need to face the future. And it's very simply this. And if you write down anything from the message this morning, this is it, and it's short and sweet. Lord, by your will we shall live. Lord, by your will we shall live. You know, there's amazing examples in this week's Parsha about just obeying the Lord for today and making Him take care of tomorrow. I always thought I always preached, I'll have to go back and change all of the videos and tapes that I've been recorded on, that it was after the tenth plague, after the death of the firstborn, that the Israelites went to the Egyptians and said, can we have some of your gold and silver, actually all your gold and silver, and your nice clothes. As Dana mentioned this morning, it wasn't after the tenth plague, it was after the ninth plague. You see, God was telling them to do today what he had already prepared for them for tomorrow. God was telling them to do for today what he had already prepared for them for tomorrow. And God will prepare you for the future, for whatever he has in mind. He had them paint the blood on the doorposts and the lintels of the houses. He didn't tell them to pray all night. He didn't tell them to go out and good deeds, do good deeds that night. All he asked them to do was be obedient. Because he had prepared an exodus from Egypt for them the very next day for those who would be obedient today. Today. We need to live in the moment, dear ones. Not in the past and not in the future. And so this morning, I just want to share two things with you, two points. Point number one, I want to talk about the marks of an attitude of boasting and presumption. And number two, I want to focus on faith, which is the opposite of both. Number one, the attitude of boasting and presumption. And number two, the attitude of faith. So, what is living life with an attitude and presumption and boasting all about? Well, I think it's, first of all, living according to a worldly pattern. Living according to a worldly pattern. In other words, think of it this way. The world is fed by information. And by the way, information is increasing geometrically in our day and age. The world lives by statistics. And so we make our decisions based on probability, based on the information and the statistics that we have. 
We have our doctors to help us live longer. We have our remedies. We have contingency plans. We have precautions. We've calculated the chances because that's the kind of world we live in. And following this pattern, we think we know what the future holds. But we don't. We don't. You see, we live a life of presumption and boasting because it's a life lived in denial of the faithfulness of God. We've got to prepare. We've got to plan. We've got to make sure it happens as opposed to seeking the Lord's direction and letting Him be our provider. It's a spirit and attitude that says, God's not really in charge. He needs my help. And by excluding his intervention and excluding his inspiration in directing our path, we don't walk by faith. We walk by sight. Presumption takes things for granted. Presumption says things like this. Oh, we will always have tomorrow. I mean, consider what Paul, Paul in his visit to Felix, the governor of Judea. This is in Acts 24 Verse 25, Paul reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. Felix was afraid and said, go away for now. When I find it convenient, I will send for you. You see, Felix's attitude was, let's put it off till tomorrow. Finally, presumption is placing ourselves in our decision-making processes of control ahead of God's leading in our life. So what's the opposite of an attitude of boasting? What's the opposite of an attitude of presumption? It's an attitude and a lifestyle of faith. It's trusting in God and being able to say, I will live according to your will each and every day. Believers want to live and walk in faith, yet presumption sneaks in. Because according to Jacob... They are not honest about who they are. They've built up a world of self-importance. And Jacob asks in verse 14, what is your life? And his answer is pretty alarming. It's a vapor. A vapor. What he means is that in the scheme of things, your life as an individual is equal to a mist It appears early in the morning and then it is gone when the sun comes up. How's that for stark reality? Or it's like a match that when it's snuffed out, there's smoke there for a moment, then it's gone. And listen, this is true for all of us. So let's be honest with ourselves about who we are and why we're here. Dear ones, the Word of God is a mirror displaying the reality of our existence. It's a mirror displaying the reality of our existence. When we look into the Word of God deeply, it reflects the image of who we really are. And in the scheme of things, our life is here today and gone tomorrow. Here today and gone tomorrow. All our plans depend on the continuing of our existence. But that's a frail and uncertain thing. Just ask Kobe Bryant and his family. 
We can't build our hope in this life. We must build our hope in Him. We can't build our hope in this life. We must build our hope in Him. So I got to thinking a little bit about biblical history. Throughout biblical history, there were certain individuals whose life made such an impact during their moment in history, their moment in history that they will never be forgotten. Abraham, Moses, Rav Shaul, their lives would have been nothing had they not lived honestly and in the obedience to the direction of God. To the direction of God. In other words, they knew the precious value of their life. They knew that their only hope was God. They knew that their words made a difference. They understood their emotions. They knew how to treat others. They knew how to respond when treated poorly. They considered justice, mercy, and faith to be of great ultimate importance. They put others before themselves. They put God's will before everything. They didn't revel in self-importance, though they may have struggled with it. They knew that how they lived when no one was watching was important. How they lived when no one was watching was important. And they knew that God would forgive them if they messed up. Anybody like me messed up this week? They understood their liberty and they took risks. Consider Abraham. Hebrews 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. I love this. Even though he didn't know where he was going. Consider Moses. Hebrews eleven twenty six. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Messiah as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead toward his reward. Consider Rav Shaul, Paul, Philippians 3, 12 to 15. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Messiah Yeshua took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Messiah Yeshua. And then he concludes in verse 15, Therefore, let us who are mature have this mind. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. That too God will make clear to you. Is there anyone in this sanctuary today that hasn't at one point in their life or in the past year or in the past month or in the past week all of a sudden out of nowhere, have the Spirit talk to you and say, remember when you did this, you need to correct your ways. We've all had that experience. Why? Because God is the one who makes things clear to us. So what about all of us? Are we going to go through life with an attitude of presumption? Are we going to go through life with an attitude of boasting? Are you trusting in the things of this life? Are you placing value 
on this life. A life, by the way, that's here today and gone tomorrow. Or will you face this life honestly? Will you put your trust in Yeshua and be counted with those who say, Lord, by your will, we shall live. Lord, by your will, we shall live. And so, I believe that there are surely those here today who, when you look to the future, you're saying something like this, everything's going to be okay. Or at least that's your presumption. Dear ones, there's only one way to face the future. You have to rest on those things that are certain and not iffy. Trust in Yeshua, who says, don't worry about tomorrow. Put every future moment in His hands. And like Abraham, walk forward in faith. Because he who called Abraham is the same one who called you. And he is faithful. He is faithful. Make your plans. I'm not telling you not to make plans. But submit them into his hands for approval. And be honest about your life. You see, when we are in control, usually it's all used up and gone. But when we can say that Yeshua... Our Lord is in control. When we say, not by my will, but by His, I believe then and only then will we be able to live honestly and walk humbly before our God. If we look to Him for all the decisions in our life, if we look to Him in what to be obedient with and what not to be obedient with, if we look to Him as the perfecter and finisher of our faith, what do we have to worry about? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Avinu Malkenu, thank you. Just thank you. Thank you that all we have to worry about is being obedient, worshipful, adoring, respectful, humble, not full of ourselves, but full of you. Thank you, Lord, that it's not we who live our lives, but you who live our lives in and through us. Thank you, Lord, that even if we don't know what tomorrow brings, you know everything from eternity past to eternity future. You have a way, Lord, And so we ask that we be obedient so that you can make your way real in our lives. Let us not get too far ahead of ourselves. Let us live today for today, knowing that you've taken care of tomorrow. Father, a reminder of the song that says, You hold the whole world in your hands. You also... Hold all of time in your hands. It's too big for me. It's your job, and I'm glad of it. And I pray this in your son's name. Amen.